I'm Trish. And I'm Thaddeus, and you're listening to the Fallen Short Podcast. This week, we are talking about giving God our praise, even in the, the hardest times. It doesn't matter what's going on, but to be able to, to give praise to, to God. I think sometimes it's really it's really easy to, when something goes wrong in your life, look at it in a couple different ways, where you get mad at the world, angry with God, why is this happening, and really just be super frustrated, angry, hurt, and raise your fist at God. Are you even there, God? And it's very easy to do that. It's very easy to then just shut yourself out, whether it's reading God's word or uh, if you go to church on a Sunday and during the worship service, just kind of go through the motions and not really lift up praise to God. And I think it's really important that no matter what the circumstance, that we need to really be able to, in the good times and the bad times, the peaks, the valleys, the highs, the lows, to be able to praise God for what he has done and what he will continue to do in your life if you allow him to, and not just get get upset and angry. I think... This week I posted on my Facebook, if you follow me on there, you know, a song, Another in the Fire. And I listened to it the other day while I was teaching my kids school and I was doing my devotional and kind of a lot of things happening at once. That's how how we live our life around here. We, In order for me to get in my study time with the Lord, it also means that I'm schooling my kids. It also means that Thaddeus is working from home. It also means we have dogs running everywhere. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I just heard that another in the fire and the song was playing and I just started weeping before the Lord because it talks about how I'll count the joy come every battle because I know that's where you'll be. And in the season of my life in particular, I wouldn't say I'm in a season of turmoil or darkness or heaviness, which I've been in many times, but I would say it's a good season. It's a, a season I really appreciate that I'm in right now. And I know that it won't always be like this. I know life won't always be this smooth because I've experienced lots of hardships and heartaches in my life. And I look back at those times and I think about how I felt so hopeless and it felt so uncontrollable. But yet in that moment, I had to surrender to God, you know, and I had to look around and ask God to help guide me through that. And I just love that I'll count the joy come every battle because God is with us in every battle with us in every circumstance. Anything that we're going through in life that is hard or good or bad, like all of it, God is there, but it's counting the joy, you know, looking around and, and finding joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And even in those seasons of battle and in darkness and in heaviness, the joy of the Lord is our strength and something we can cling to. And another song reference, and I think the one Trish was talking about is Hillsong as well. And the one that comes to mind for me is from Hillsong United. And it's it's five years old. It's been out for a while, and it's probably a song that a lot of churches uh, maybe didn't sing in congregational worship because it says the word hell in it. Ooh, snap. But one part, even when my strength is lost, I'll praise you. Even when I have no song, I'll praise you. Even when it's hard to find the words, 
louder then I'll sing your praise. And then even when the fight seems lost, I'll praise you. Even when it hurts like hell, I'll praise you. Even when it makes no sense to sing louder then I'll sing your praise. And then at the end, it's even when the morning comes, I'll praise you. Even when the fight is won, I'll praise you. Even when my time on earth is done, louder than I'll sing your praise. And at the end of each of those, the, the tag is, I will only sing your praise. But I think the important part to grab from that is, no matter what, I'll praise you. Even when it hurts like hell, I'll praise you. And then later on, even when the fight is won, I'll praise you. You know, So it's not just one or the other, it's in both. And it's so easy to praise God when things are going your way. You have a quote-unquote praise report. You're talking in a small group or, you know, something else. And people are talking about prayer requests. And you have prayer requests, and then someone will have a, a praise report where it's, you know, like an answer to prayer or something like that. Well, even if you haven't got an answer to prayer or maybe it's not the answer you're looking for, you should still be praising God. I think about David a lot when I think about worship and how David kind of lived his life from a place of worship. I mean, he wrote the Psalms, not all of them, but a lot of the Psalms. And Psalms 34 verses one through four says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And the cool thing I, well, I should say the inspiring thing I find about David when I read through the Psalms is that in his times of trials and war and running and fleeing and being sought after, he found his place before the Lord in worship and he was a man after God's own heart. And I just think it's interesting because I was reading in Chronicles, First Chronicles the other day, and I was reading about how God told David that he couldn't build the temple because he had murdered too many people. He had slaughtered in, in war and he had fought and, and killed too many people that the Lord couldn't even use him to build the temple. And so he had to use Solomon. Yet at the same time, David is a man after God's own heart, and God used David in, in so many wonderful ways. He gave him the plans for the temple and all the different things, but yet he still had done wrong, but yet he still would stand before the Lord in a place of worship. And I think it's cool for me to remember that I get to stand before the Lord, too, in a place of worship. So there's a scripture that we posted on our Instagram recently, and it's found in Galatians 2. And I'd encourage you to just go to our Instagram and check it out and read it because there's a lot to unpack in it. But I'm going to read to you real fast and kind of break it down what God has been ministering to my heart about. So Galatians 2, verse 16 through 21. Yet we know that a person is made right by God, by faith in Jesus Christ, not obeying the law. And we have believed that Christ Jesus so that we may be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law, for no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. But suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. Would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law I already tore down. For when I tried to keep up the law, it condemned me. 
So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all of its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make me right with God, then there'd be no need for Christ to die. And I've been really wrestling with these verses over the last few weeks, how it says that if I were able to keep the law and I were able to make myself right with God, then there would be no need for Christ Jesus. And I think about David and I think about how he was a warrior and he went to battle and he had all this blood on his hands and he couldn't build a temple. But when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, his Holy Spirit has come into us and we are made right before the, before the Lord because of Jesus. And all of the blood that is on our hands have been washed away. And it's so humbling to think about that. And it's so humbling to think about how often I try to do right on my own. And I try to make myself almost legalistic and obeying the law and myself make myself righteous and do all these certain things. And how humbling it is when I read this scripture to know that when I'm trying to do that for myself, I'm actually in error and I'm in sin because it's through Jesus Christ that my sins are atoned for. It's not through anything that I do, that the temple, that my body is a place of temple. It's a sanctuary. It's a place of worship for God. And, and it's through Jesus that I'm cleansed and that that can be. It's like a, I'm, I'm kind of taking a vast concept, linking it with David and not being able to build the temple because of what he had done, but how Jesus died on the cross, and now my sins are forgiven, and I'm washed, and I'm pured, and because of him, I'm purified. So then I can be a place of worship and a temple of worship. I think when we hit those times of trials and feeling like a sinful creature or feeling like we're in this dark place where we can't get out of it and feeling like the world is falling apart around us, it's coming to that place before God and commanding our souls to worship the Lord. And the scripture says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And just commanding your soul to come before the Lord in a place of worship, in a place of bringing honor and glory to him. Even when you are on your way to church and you're yelling at your kids, you get in the sanctuary and you feel like a filthy mother, like a filthy father, like a filthy human being because who are you? Now you want to come worship the Lord, but the whole car ride, you and your spouse were fighting or you and your kids were fighting. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to think. That's exactly what he wants you to think is that you did that all the way to church and now you're coming to church and you are not allowed to worship before the Lord because look at what you just did. But this is what I say. Look at what you just did and look at the God who still loves you. Look at what you just did and it doesn't matter. I mean, Jesus' blood covers it and it's coming in that place of humility before the Lord and being humble before God and knowing, God, I'm I'm a filthy human being. I, I'm sinful. I've fallen short. But because of Jesus and his love for me and because of his death on the cross and his resurrection, I can be washed white as snow and I can come before the Lord and into the temples and into the Holy of Holies and come into this place of worship before the Lord, and I can offer myself as a living sacrifice before the Lord. You could think about Job. Job kind of had everything, and then everything was taken away from him, and he had a lot of suffering. And how did he respond? Think of the, in Job, 
where he says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Right? Job understood the Lord gave him everything that he had. The Lord took it away. But the Lord is still worthy to be praised. It doesn't matter, you know, that all of a sudden everything was taken away. And was Job, you know, was everything uh, hunky-dory for him? Did he, was he super happy about it? You no, know, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of it of him crying out, right, and suffering, and but there's still the mindset of the Lord gave it to me, the Lord take it, took it away, but the Lord's still worthy to be praised. We're recording on a Sunday, and today our pastor talked about lamentations. It's believed that Jeremiah wrote lamentations, and you know, it's it's lamenting, and even in there, I think it's. I think this is the scripture that the pastor, our pastor referenced, but regardless if it is or isn't, in Lamentations 3, which is the, I think Lamentations is five chapters long, so it's right in the middle, 3 verse 21 or through 25, I'll read. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, those who search for him. So even in the middle of of these lamentations, these laments, however you want to say it, Jeremiah is, is writing, you know, that God is faithful. That faithfulness doesn't run out. So even in the, the midst of, of what you have going on, that maybe isn't on the bright side. God's still there. He still he still wants you to praise him. You should still praise him. You should, he's still God. He's still, still God. on the throne. And you, in giving him praise and allowing him to be a, a part of your life and allowing him to have some control in your life, it'll bring goodness to you. Our worship is our warfare. It's our place where we are telling our surroundings, we're selling the environment, we're telling our soul, our mind, our heart, that God is God. He is on the throne. So when we come into that place of worship before the King of Kings, we're saying, I don't care what's happening around me in the economy, in our culture, in my family, in my friends, whatever. God is God. And and we're declaring the name of the Lord and we're lifting him high when we come into a place of worship before God. And I think that we can so often devalue the power that is in worship, but it is, it's a tool in our tool built in the kingdom. It's a tool in our tool built of, of warfare and pushing back the, the veil of darkness and, and pushing back the enemy and saying God is God here because when you when you say the name of Jesus the enemy has to flee. So when you come into that place of worship and I just encourage you in your in your own home if you are struggling with nightmares, if you're struggling with anger, if you're struggling with things that are controlling over your house like demonically or just different things like that, just put worship music on in your house and declare that Jesus is Lord in your house. And and I think when we talk about that, it's very easy to think, okay, uh, what is, what songs do we sing at church, right? And there is something powerful in congregational worship and participating in that. 
And that looks different for everybody. Not everybody is going to raise their hands. Not everybody's going to clap. Not everybody, you know, it, it's different. Or dance. Dance or wave flags. It's different. And that can also be different when Trish is talking about you're at home and you put on some worship music. Maybe it's not your atypical worship uh, band, you know, the same songs that you would sing at church. Maybe it's something else that is a different style of music, but the the words and the power behind them strike a chord with you. And maybe, you know, maybe you like rap music and, and there's a rapper that's rapping about God in, in a worshipful way or you like heavy metal or hardcore Yeah, or like whatever. sometimes when I really want to get into it and I'm feeling uh, a spiritual warfare type environment, there's a band that I like called Sleeping Giant and is... I don't know what style of music is that. Uh, they're in the hardcore metalcore. Anyways, subgenre it's, area. It's to me a tool in my tool belt for warfare in the kingdom of God because it is it's scriptural and what they're saying is is scripture and it's powerful and it and it's pushing back the gates of hell and so when I'm feeling like that intense need sometimes I just blare that music. <laughs> But, um, which is probably funny, when I'm driving in my minivan listening to heavy metal music, blaring it, but whatever. What we're getting at is, it doesn't matter the style of music, but it's the meaning behind it, and the meaning behind the lyrics, that if you're taking that in and, and trying to worship along, that you understand what you're singing along with. There's even There's even songs that churches sing that's like do i really is this really uh mean something to me right or is it just kind of okay i'm just singing along with it are they just words or do they have power and i think the thing with me i guess with all of us in general when we come to that place of worship what we're doing is we're taking our focus off of ourselves and we're putting our focus on god and we're shifting it and i think that our culture tells us to think about ourselves. Our selfishness that's inside of us tells us to think about ourselves. And, you know, we we're, we get so inundated with how we think, how we feel, our pains, our hurts, our arm hurts, our leg hurts, our eye hurts, whatever's happening to our body physically. We get so inundated with all of that, all the things we think about ourselves, and we get so focused on ourselves that worship is a thing that you you shut that off. Like you, you flip the switch and you... F- Focus your energy and and your body and your soul and your spirit and all of it goes to the Lord. And I just think it's such a powerful tool and it helps you to, for me, it helps to give me clarity because my mind can get in that hamster wheel of spinning things around and worship has that tendency to not like an outer body experience, but like take, shut my brain off from thinking these thoughts that don't stop. And it helps me to think about the Lord. And I think that we can get so insecure, even in corporate worship, worrying about what's happening around us or guitars being out of tune or just whatever. But in corporate worship, trying to get to that place where you know that you're just doing it for the Lord and not for anybody around you. It's not about how good it sounds or how good you sound or whatever. It's all about the Lord. All for God's glory. So I know we we bounced around a little bit in between talking about 
worship in general and giving praise to God when the good, the bad, but it ties together in a way of giving praise to God and, and lifting up in singing and voice. There's giving praise to God of acknowledging something that he did in your life, not necessarily the worship you know, aspect of what we think of as worship. All of that together, no matter the highs, the lows, giving him those praises, not not just when something went your way, but even in the in the in the depths of despair of praising God in just maybe just voicing it in a prayer to God or voicing it through worship and taking part in worship and not just going through the motions. I have to add this, but if you're ever in church and you look across the sanctuary and you see a friend worshiping the Lord and you know what's going on in their life and you know the hardship that they're going through, but you still see them coming to that place of worship, for me, that's something that inspires me. Sorry, I just had to add that. Because maybe other people, you feel that way too. To just see people worshiping God through the trials, I think it's so inspirational. Yeah, it and it's very like, eye-opening I guess Mm -hmm. I know inspirational eye-opening just to see you know that they're going through a rough patch but they're still genuinely putting it out there putting their trust and so it's like why can't I do that I should be doing that and again everyone's gonna outwardly it could look different but we worship the Lord in spirit and in truth so bringing your your spirit before the Lord in a place of worship. Cause we can go through the outward motions and forget to put our inwardness towards God. So it's worshiping God in spirit and in truth and aligning your heart with God into that place of being in his presence, I guess. We wanted to talk about this because this is something that helps us in our faith. And that's why we want to talk about it. Thaddeus is a huge heart for worship and he's playing in worship bands and all that. And, I just really like to clap off beat and sing off key and all that stuff. And so maybe you're like me and you're not up on stage doing worship. You're just in the crowd enjoying being in the presence of God. But hopefully you walked away feeling inspired and hopefully you're walking away from this wanting to get into that place of worship with the Lord. So if you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends. Let us know. Uh, You can leave comments if you're on our website, fallenshortpodcast.com. Or you could shoot us an email. Maybe you don't want to go on our website and leave a comment, but you could shoot us an email at info at fallenshortpodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. And until next week, I'm Thaddeus. And I'm Trish, and we love you guys.